You're listening to Bajar, a podcast celebrating creators and innovators at different stages of their entrepreneurial journey. These people started their journey on the very streets that we're on. Why don't you come take a look? Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Vichar. Today, I'm extremely happy to announce that we're joined by Varun Rao, founder and CEO of Sports Uno. I'm personally super excited about this conversation because I, myself, right now, am working with Sports Uno as an intern helping their business expand into the Middle Eastern market. And I'm super excited to be able to have you on, Varun, you know, to get a deeper insight into the industry and the different obstacles you have faced to make Sports Uno what it is today. You know, over the course of our conversation, we'll be touching upon the current challenges and trends in the Indian sports industry, the journey behind building sport, the Sports Uno brand, and how sports tech as a whole is disrupting existing forms of infrastructure in the Indian sports industry today. So first of all, thank you so much again, uh, Varun, for making the time. Um, we're super excited to have you on and we're, we're ready to get this conversation going. But before that, I'm just going to give the floor over to you so you can quickly introduce yourself to our, uh, to our listeners. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Shashank. Thanks for having me today. Uh, well, uh, you know, as every, you know, as you already introduced me, I'm Varun. I am one of the co-founders and the existing CEO of Sports Uno. We're a sports technology company, uh, primarily working towards development of the grassroots level of the sports in the country. Uh, our focus is to digitalize uh, sports in India and in other developing nations. And with this same intention, we have a technology product, which, uh, which is a SaaS product, which can help automate or digitalize all the day-to-day operations of any sports facility or, you know, sports center. Awesome. Okay, so Varun, let's just get started by talking about the Indian sports industry as a whole, you know, just to give our listeners a bit of background on the industry and, and so that they can understand some of the challenges that the industry is facing as a whole, uh, you know, in, in, the, in the modern day. So, you know, the first couple of things that I saw in my research and, and through my experiences is that, number one, there is this inherent lack of recognition, you know, when it comes to sports other than cricket. And, you know, unfortunately, these other sports, though equally important, though equally honorable, are not seen as financially lucrative or glamorous or not even given much weightage as a career option. And then as a result, you'll never see like corporate sponsorships or private or government capital coming into these sports, which has a very detrimental effect on the infrastructure and the people who want to play these sports. So that's number one. Number two, we're also seeing, you know, there, there is obviously, uh, as we all know, unfortunately, there's a huge amount of corruption within the sports system, you know, whether that be in hockey, athletics, weightlifting, cricket. And, you know, you see this through doping scandals, nepotism, match fixing. And obviously this happens due to improper management. You know, the people running the show behind the scenes sometimes don't have the best interest of the sport and are just primarily looking for profit. Then uh, something that, you know, ties more into what we're going to be speaking about today, which is, you know, poor infrastructure. You know, you, you see so many sports academies, facilities in India, but, and so many of them have this potential to be world-class facilities. But unfortunately, when, what ends up happening is that because of the lack of capital coming in, these, you know, these, these facilities are not properly looked after. And as a result, what happens is, you know, the people who can really pursue those sports in these facilities are not able to do so properly. I mean, if you look at the UK, the US, Australia, for example, just there's a sheer difference in the quality of the sports facilities that are present. And then lastly, uh, you know, there's also this, uh, obviously, I think the most pressing issue, which is unfortunately poverty, which is obviously a huge issue. And, and you know, uh, 
people, a lot of people say, you know, you have 1.2 billion people. Why can't you put a team of 11 together? And this is something I think I've done. Nav is probably done. Like everyone has said at some point, right, when India is losing a match. But the sad fact of the matter is that it's not 1.2 billion people because most, if not all of the, like most people in that 1.2 billion people are not privileged enough to have the opportunity to pursue the sport they want to pursue because they have to make a livelihood for themselves or their family. You know, and they're not able to, and, they, and the government is not subsidizing it. They're not giving them grants and stuff. So it's very tough for them to pursue this. So I guess my question to you is how, I mean, do you see these challenges because you're working so closely with these spaces? Do you, do you, how, how do you see these challenges and how, how, are, like, how are you reacting to this? That's a good lengthy question. But yeah, that's a very valid question that you've put forward. Because, you know, if you look at the Indian sports industry, it's a $3 billion market, right? Which is growing at a, you know, at a yearly care of you know 20 percent and uh, you know, in the next five to seven years we are looking uh to work you know at this market to grow to and reach somewhere around five uh, sorry 10 billion dollars right so when you're looking at such a huge market uh there are definitely you know um you know going to be certain areas of development they are going there there are many areas where you know the overall growth of the industry uh is still uh, you know there, there, there is a big there, there is a big gap there where there is immense growth required and that is the reason why you know there are opportunities there are you know foreign investors there are domestic investors who are entering this industry uh, and in the next 5 years we'll definitely i'm quite positive uh, positive that we'll reach this 10 dollar 10 billion dollar mark uh, in the next 5 to 7 years if you talk about the sports infrastructure market right now this is a market which typically talks about sports facilities sports complexes you know the, the yeah. basic uh, uh, step towards you know uh, ensuring that more sports develop, more people within the country pursue sports. They get an area to play at, and 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 and, and you know not only grow as a as an individual, but also you know expertise in that particular sport in which they are trading in. And if you look yeah. at this market, this is a twelve billion dollar market, right? Wow. And when you're looking at these numbers, you know there is immense scope because even this industry you know, is experiencing influx of FDIs, is, you know, experiencing influx yeah. of, you know, domestic investments. And that will definitely help this industry grow. Uh, but when you talk about, you know, why is the country not, you know, producing those many number of athletes? As you very rightly said, you know, it's a country, our country is a 1.2 you know, billion, uh, you know, population country and, and people... Uh, you know, it is not that, you know, all these 1.2 billion people are getting the same level of, you know, support, yeah, exactly. uh, education and infrastructural support. And that exactly. is where it's very important for us to come up with certain educational curriculums, make changes in the current education program where people who want to pursue sports as a career can do that. Right. And yeah. it's very, very important for not only the government level uh, authorities, but also private players, players like us, play, you know, play other, other sporting companies to come up with initiatives, come up with certain development plans in place so that things can improve at the grassroots level, right? And that is yeah. something similar to what even we are doing today. So we, as I mentioned earlier, we work with a grassroots level of sports. What we do, and, right. you know, is based on our understanding of this industry over the last couple of years. You know, when you talk about, you know, sports in India, the first thing that comes to your mind is the IPL is cricket? Uh, yeah, and after exactly. cricket you have IPL. After that, you have probably some other, you know, Premier Leagues like the Pro Kabaddi League or the Indian Super League, which is ISL. The you know specifically meant for football and so on and so forth. 
when you look at the bottom side of the pyramid you know which is the grassroots level from where an athlete or a student or a child you know starts his engagement within the field of sports that is where technology is not present that is where the investments are not present right and yeah. the only people running the show are the ones who are you know very very passionate about sports who are ex players has started running their own academies have started running their own sports facilities and you know if you talk about any or you know there are many ex indian cricketers there are many you know ex indian olympians who have started their own training and development center because they want the country or the the the, the you know the children of uh, of the country to actually experience better facilities better training areas because they at their yeah. time have seen and struggled in terms of you know um, uh pursuing their uh, you know love towards the sport and that is something that they don't want and therefore they are investing from their own pocket to develop this industry within their own you know specific area of interest right awesome and i think i think you've touched upon some of the trends uh, that i was going to bring up you know like i mean government policies like the khelo india policy you know obviously there's a lot of fdi coming in and i think within the fdi space at least you know a lot of the uh, i think the sports bracket falls into the under the corporate social responsibility uh sector right which a lot of companies in india are now obliged to uh, to do also with the khelo india policy you know they're making universities and you know they're putting it in uh, uh, they're putting sports and uh, training facilities into the sc- schools and school curriculums and obviously we're also seeing the emergence of sports tech you know like you know you see the emergence of big data analytics and technologies are coming in and you know reshaping a lot of these sporting facilities as a whole but i guess like you know these are things you read about uh which is fine like you read about these things in the internet these changes are going to be facilitated this and that but on the ground uh burn are things really changing for me uh it's very important to first initiate the idea to 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 first float out the dialogue in the market so that people at least start talking about it right a perfect example is the khelo india you know initiative which has been brought in by the government over the past you know couple of years you know couple of years back and you know this is something which with the help of which now people are at least talking about sports you know uh, you know at at a very public domain level you know earlier a particular you know a particular discussion about a particular sport was only limited to the circle within that you know a particular you know a particular sport for example uh, for cricket discuss- sorry not for cricket something like a boxing the discussions were only happening within the circle the the small restricted circle of, of professionals who are into boxing right when you talk about swimming discussions regarding swimming were only happening within that small circle of people who are somewhat involved in the uh, in the sport of swimming but now with the influx of policies like the khelo india sport uh, the the sorry the khelo india initiative things have changed people are talking more about different sports as well you know and specifically when you talk about you know uh, you know the offbeat sports you know sports apart from cricket you know sports like badminton tennis uh you know the relay races or say the 100 meter dash races so these are sports which have also gained momentum just because of the fact that we have certain uh you know youth icons or say sporting celebrities who have performed exceptionally well at international podiums and brought in fame to the sport and to the country as well the other thing is when you talk about the emergence of sports right yeah. uh, sports technology in specific so yeah. technology is something which is very very diverse right yeah, uh, you yeah, have yeah. sports in the you know you have technology in the form of variables in sports and fitness you have technology in the form of say 
software something like what we guys are doing and you have sports uh, which are you know uh, you have you know sports technology which is something related to any other kind of technology which is probably you know standard under, under development could be a, a disruptive technology in the in the future for the sports industry as a whole i think but, you're you're definitely on the right track and and yeah. speaking about technologies that are emerging to change the ecosystem as a whole and developments that are being made i think it's only apt that we move on and talk about a little bit more about your venture sports uno so you know we'd we'd love to hear about that and i guess i guess my question to you is uh, you know obviously, obviously you were working a corporate job before so what what was the catalyst behind sports uno and what drove you and what what helped you you know establish that idea and put that kida inside your head that you know i i really want to do this and and pursue yeah. this absolutely so you know the the one of the prime reasons why i along with uh, with my co-founder started this venture was for the love and passion towards sports right uh that was the first uh you know trigger point for us to even start thinking on you know on, on doing something uh, within sports why because we have been involved in the sports industry somewhat or the other uh you know in some way or the other and even though we now you know neither of us has played the professional uh side of uh, of a particular sport but you know when you talk about you know uh, going out on weekends you know playing football playing cricket on a, on a regular basis for hours and hours together even not only during our college or school days but even you know during our you know corporate days one of the mm. common threads that kept us tied together even after our you know our our schooling days was that uh, was the love towards a particular sport and that is while we were involved in this industry while we were you know interacting with this industry as a customer we saw huge need gaps we saw huge level of flaws and operational gaps that were there and because of which we came up with this initiative of of you know we you know let's do something let's leave our corporate jobs let's do something that can make a difference within this field of sports awesome. so Warren, throughout my research for this episode i was of course scouring google and trying to understand the product a bit more and the industry as well so um i was reading an article on bizbehindsports.com and it aptly described your product as an apparatus for technological handholding to sports businesses in india Um and I really believe uh, this highlights the essence of the service you provide for the various sports businesses all across India um in a, basically a way for them to digitize their offerings and streamline their operations. So could you describe your product in more detail the, the and and provide us with the step-by-step process of how you go about digitizing their businesses. So yeah, um you know when you talk about you know as I was telling you so our intention and our vision is to penetrate technology to the deep down roots within the sporting industry and not only limited to you know our particular nation but you know expanded to all developing sporting nations out there and hmm. with that objective what we have done is we have developed a saas product it's a software of a web based software using which any sports facility or sports academy or a fitness center can digitalize all their operations into a uh, into a digital mode so currently if you look at the sports or the fitness industry almost everything you know may be registering a student or an individual or a customer to a particular fitness center or a sports center to the point of taking uh, the you know charging the fees for for training that child to further you know uh, sharing feedback about, about that child's performance everything is done on pen and paper everything is done over the phone what we have done here is we have introduced as uh, a back end management dashboard using which you can not only 
accept online payments you can get online registrations for for children for academy that they're trying to apply for the end customer can find out all about a, you know a particular sports academy or a sporting center by just going to the website which is again a viable website and you know checking out what these guys do how are they performing it and further also you know registering for that academy paying the online fees further the parents can check uh, have a very close check as to how the child is performing at that academy by checking their online sports report cards which are being filled by the coaches on a regular basis the attendance of the student is marked on an automated basis which is again uh, you know a, a paperless and a touchless kind of a system that we have developed in house and simultaneously apart from you know managing all the academy operations or the sports training operations our platform also helps you manage all the financials maybe the incomes or the expenses carry out various marketing activities in terms of reaching out to your end customers and last uh, last but not the least providing you with data analytics you know in business insights through which you can actually get to know how your business is performing and what are the areas where you, you need to you know put in more scope so in a nutshell as a sports person we give you the option on focusing on the sport and not on the operational tasks of your business and you know we let the technology that we deploy at your center do all these operational tasks right and you know i think i think we've already established from i think the first part of our conversation that there's thousands and thousands of you know fitness facilities gyms academies in india uh, you know that and, and there is obviously there's so much talent in india when it comes to sports and there's so many people who want to pursue sports so i guess my question to you is uh, given that there's a gym fitness facility pretty much around every corner in in delhi bombay you know tier 2 cities tier 3 cities you know and and, and stuff like that you know some are digitized some are not digitized some are accessible some are not accessible some might understand your service uh, you know the product that you're trying to offer some might not understand it even even though it might help them it, they might not be able to understand it so my my question to you is when you when you built this brand and you know when you went out and designed your expansion strategy within india how did you do that like did you i mean what again given that there's so many gyms did you isolate by a certain type of a facility or or academy or gym or you know did you isolate by a certain geography uh, and then when you reached out to these people was it through referrals was it through a pre-existing network that you had i know you mentioned that you know you were all, always very interested in this space uh or or was it again through cold emailing like how like how did you go about that process and how did you expand you know when you when you got your first couple of customers uh well when we started off this uh you know uh, with this particular venture and with this particular piece of technology uh the initial idea was to you know get a thorough beta phase testing done for this product work with academies work with sporting centers around hmm. the same city from which we started which was delhi uh once okay. we you know garnered good amount of insights from the users of this platform we revamped the overall structure of this particular technology and then we went all out and you know since it, uh, it's a saas product we uh, you know the reach is endless you know you can reach people or you know a sports facility or you know fitness center owners from across the globe it's a web based platform so there is no particular requirement of a person to physically go there and yeah. to train a person everything can be done over the phone uh, that's the beauty about it but yeah uh, when you talk about the developing markets there you know this is technology and this is something which is very new to this industry exactly. there is a certain level of hand holding which is required uh, at the grassroots level you know when you talk about coaches you know in india we have a typical term you know many of these people are are very very uh, desi you know if i had yeah. to put it in a way right <laughs> 
so and which is in a way very good for the sport as well because they actually give you the insights and they have their own ways and techniques of of teaching people and it's a wonderful way uh, of you know of, um, of 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 calling out talent in, from the country and some of the biggest and the brightest athletes and the sports people whom we have in the in our country are coming from that grassroots level so pushing technology to that end uh, level was very was one of the challenges that we faced and for that we came up with us own certain initiatives as to how we can ensure that there is you know smooth transition of intellect in terms of using that technology and simultaneously you know we also had a you know first mover advantage if i had to put it in a way you know in terms of you know reaching out to, to these guys and because these guys are very very new to technology the consumer stickiness the overall stickiness towards the technology is also high So Warren on Sportsuno's website uh it shows that uh Sportsuno was a part of the 10,000 NASCOM startups initiative and uh through digging a bit more I I really understood NASCOM's ma- major presence in the Indian technical revolution and their wide scale role in ensuring that this uh that this revolution actually happens in India. So firstly could you tell us a bit more about NASCOM and also let us know how it helped you reach your short term and even long term goals? Well NASCOM is a wonderful platform to be associated with uh, every year they have their own you know cohort of you know inducting startups whereby you know thousands of startups apply only a handful get selected we were privileged enough to get uh, selected by nascom and be one of those you know few startups who get nurtured by nascom in terms of their technical expertise and uh, you know expertise coming from other domains uh, why i do i call it uh, as a wonderful uh, you know platform is because uh it provides you the network and the opportunities to reach out to various people within the industry and you know seek uh, not only technological advice from people or uh, say experts from the industry but also other you know and or, or and also advices related to other fields like finance marketing and also the the network reach of nascom is humongous and it's wonderful and it's really you know a privilege to be associated with you guys So we're talking about NASCOM and then really understanding how it how it helped you succeed and how it helps sports you know succeed. Could you talk a bit more about how important it is to seek mentorship and expertise from external sources wherever possible when looking to start your own business? I I know a lot of entrepreneurs who would uh who would be listening would 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 like to know how they can go about seeking help and and why is it important to actually learn from other people when you look to start your own business? when you're an entrepreneur every day is a new day for you to learn something new right uh, you're you know every not not only term learning does not come in you know only theoretical forms uh, it's more practical uh, form of learning is 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 any day something which i would prefer over over theory obviously theory is important but practical learning is unparalleled why do i say this is because you know when during my corporate days i was involved in the consumer insights and the consulting division you know have worked with companies like ac nielsen great research and you know a couple of other consulting agencies got great deal of knowledge from there but when i you know the the day i came full time into my venture there was a vast area of knowledge which i you know could also get an understanding of i'm not saying i'm an expert at all these fields maybe hr you know marketing or finance or compliances and stuff but you you do get a fair bit of an idea as to how things are happening in the, in the, you know in the other side of uh, the industry where you're not working at and you know you get to learn a lot so it's very very important to to, to you know to to learn uh, or say to understand what you're doing on a day to day basis 
and further seek you know discussions or say you know uh, have discussions and network with people from different uh, domains so that you get a better understanding of this uh, you know of your entrepreneurial venture and of the things which are happening across the industry so Varun, let, let's switch gears and, and look at the way you introduced um, the platform to the Indian market. So um, a type of marketing strategy um, is using prominent figures in the relevant industry um, for a company to market their firms, right? So correct me if I'm wrong, but Sports Uno tying up with RP Singh rapidly boosts the perception of the brand and accelerates your marketing. And for those um, who, who don't know who RP Singh is, he is a, he's a very celebrated ex-Indian cricketer. So, Warren, were there any other benefits of tying up with RP um, in regards to SportsUno's offerings, or was it purely just marketing? Well, A, uh, you know, RP brings in a lot of, uh, you know, on-ground intellect in terms of, you know, what actually happens at the grassroots level. You know, you we sitting uh, in metros and, and mini metro cities, uh, our understanding of the, of the sports industry initially was only segregated to you know the the kind of market we are kind of sitting at and we have been exposed to but when you get a person like rp who who you know who hails from the you know grassroots level of sports so rp comes from uh, you know from 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 uttar pradesh and one of the you know cities in uttar pradesh where you know he played he started his career at a you know at, 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 at from a very tier 2 or a tier tier 3 kind of a town and so rp brings a lot of intellect uh, in terms of you know what are you know how things are being done at the grassroots level what are the development areas how technology can improve these develop or say fill in these need gaps and within technology what are the things which are the must haves that have to go out today to make a difference and what are those features or what are those aspects of technology which can which can be introduced even in the future so the the knowledge and the intellect which rp brings on the table is again you know unparalleled um the i i, I can even say that you know probably a similar level of knowledge uh, would also uh, be shared by any other sports person who, you know who has been in the involved in the industry right from his childhood level would have very good understanding of it right and therefore- and this probably also helps like develop credibility right at the end of the day like when you're when you're selling a product yeah. uh it, it probably like having him on board or any mm. ex-celebrity or any ex-sportsman who knows their stuff yeah. uh, probably tells the the consumer that hey yeah. you know like these guys we partner with them they, they they know what they're doing absolutely because you know uh so obviously there is one aspect where you have a word of mouth you have a good reputation in the market because the industry is quite quite close close knitted so people know yeah. about you through uh, you know through re- references but when you have a person like rp who is an ex indian cricketer who has played the sport and has been known for over 15 years in the country there is an instant connection there is an instant credibility point which which is checked by you know um, by our clients and you know that brings in a lot of faith in us as well so I think it's also important that we talk a little bit about funding uh, and, and you know, for our listeners who, who might not know the different types of funding, I'm just going to quickly, uh, very, very quickly run through, run through some of them. So the first and most common uh, is, you know, when, when people like what we did at Pichar, we, we self-funded and that's most commonly known as bootstrapping. And it's, it's great if you don't have much of an initial you know, investment uh, capital expenditure when it comes to the, the, you know, operating or starting your business. Then you then you have angel investors and obviously the venture capital uh, industry. But and and both these both these ways are great ways to you know get initial funding. But you I think for all entrepreneurs you should just be wary of the fact that 
when these guys give you funding, they also uh, want to take uh, a certain portion of your equity. Or so, you know, put it simply, they, they want to own a certain portion of your business. So obviously, when you when you get funding from these guys, just be a little wary of that. And, and you know, obviously, uh, take into consideration what works best for you, what works best for your business as well. Then what's new in the market these days is the idea of equity crowdfunding, where you have, you know, you have different crowdfunding platforms online where you can gather funds from your friends, family and different entrepreneurs as well. And uh, but mind you, again, this is not as easy as it seems, you know, and, and this is something I heard about. Uh, I don't know if you heard, if you've heard of this app Clubhouse, but I was listening to a talk the other day on it. And, uh, you know, they were talking about this and it's, it's difficult. You know, you need to have an existing solid set of potential investors, friends who are willing to invest. Otherwise, it's very tough to raise capital from this. So, you know, talking about the funding space in India, you know, uh, Varun, is how, how is that like, you know, in terms of uh, are there like serious institutional investors that are currently present in the market, uh, you know, willing to invest in the sports tech space? And and, and generally, how, how would you go about this process? Well, uh, investments within the sports industry, it's definitely there. It's quite visible every now and then you'll get to read it on you know in the news that you know this xyz company got an investment or you know this xyz organization invested in some xyz venture so you know uh on the uh, you know from a holistic view it it seems very promising it seems very exciting but yeah when you actually enter the industry that is when you actually realize that things are not that beautiful how it's you know look how it looks from far off uh once you are into the business uh what we personally realized was um you know the the sports industry is an industry which you know not every person has an understanding of right yeah and yeah uh, exactly yeah and you know over a period of time you know initially even we were quite pumped that okay we'll need we'll we'll re, if you know if there are 100 investors we'll reach out to all the 100 investors we'll pitch our concept and x and you know xyz but uh you know as time progressed we 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 learned from experience we we learned from interacting with people within the sports industry and outside the industry that it's not important to reach out to every investor who is out there because uh, i would say 90% of the or say 95% of the investors whom we have you know ever spoken to uh, barely had any idea of what the sports industry is in india in terms of the grassroots level of sports and how it is functioning and what are the areas of development that we have yeah. there, right and that is one of the biggest red flags that any organization, irrespective of the industry in which they are operating, should focus on. You know, as an organization or as an entrepreneur, you should never go and, you know, pick up funding from an investor just for the sake that he is willing to invest in your organization. Chances are very exactly. high that he may not understand your industry and, you know, your life actually becomes hell, you know, in uh, in uh, in flow of time that, you know, because a person who does not understand your industry does not will never understand the challenges which you are facing as an organization at a grassroots level uh, and ultimately, you know, start popping up questions, start, you know, will push you towards, uh, you know, action points within your organization, which may, uh, you know, prove to be, uh, you know, uh, you know, dangerous for you as an organization. So it's very important. They, they sometimes get a say in what, uh, what your company might do or, or should do or should not do. So it puts unnecessary pressure. Exactly. Right? Absolutely. And, you know, there are certain, obviously, you know, there are different kinds of investors. There are different kinds of engagements or terms which you sign with an, an investor. There are sleeping investors. There are uh, strategic investors as well. So it's very important for you as an entrepreneur 
to take a call as to which investor you want to have on board as a strategic investor versus which investor you want to have on as a sleeping partner. So Warren, a really major theme behind starting Vichar was the fear of failure that we saw across the board. And uh, after researching further on that, um, we saw that Indians specifically place that as a very large deterrent factor to starting a venture and going on to take the leap. So, so in regards to your personal journey as an entrepreneur, would you categorize yourself as one of those people who, who had that fear of failure? Absolutely. There was a lot of fear. In fact, you know, you know, when you're working in a corporate setup, uh, if I talk about myself, I was in the corporate setup for over seven years or, or eight years, around eight years, and, you know, was earning a decent amount of income as well, you know, on a salary basis. And, you know, things were very, very stable and, you know, things were going very smooth. But the day you decide to become an entrepreneur, you are, you know, putting in a lot of things on on stake you know uh, from a financial perspective as well why because you know keeping aside all the learnings all the entrepreneurial uh, learnings that you have but if i talk about a, about it at a financial level things uh, get a bit turbulent as well there will be times where you, you know you feel that okay uh, whether i've taken the right decision or or not or you know whether i'm doing the right thing is this the right industry for me or not but these are things which you know as an entrepreneur as you uh, as you work day in day out you understand whether an industry in which you're currently involved in the organization which you're running will work out or not because at the end of the day you are the person who is there on a full-time basis you're the best person to judge and to you know ascertain whether this is the right way that you're progressing yes or no and accordingly, you have to take a call. And even while you're shifting from an existing job or say if you're starting, whenever you're starting an entrepreneurial venture, whether coming in from college or coming in from a you know organizational setup or a private sector job, uh, there is always a leap of faith which is required. Uh, the, there, there are definitely a, a lot of risks associated with that leap of faith. But then again, you know, this is like equity investment, high risk, high return, right? If you, if, uh, you, know, if you want to play a, a a low risk game, then the returns are also low. Yeah, of course. Um, starting a business, there's there's a very big uh, financial risk and also just um, the risk of not knowing if the business is going to succeed. But um, but prior to starting Sports Uno, we really wanted to know um, if you had any other ideas that you wanted to capitalize on, but failed to do so. And and could you tell us why? Well, uh, you know, the, that's the interesting question. Well, because, you know, right from my school days, I always wanted to have my own venture. Uh, the only difference was I had a certain path in my mind that, you know, I don't want to, you know, directly, you know, jump into entrepreneurship right, right after my college days, even though that's not something, you know, I, I would say is wrong. Yeah, that's also perfectly fine. But as an individual, I always thought that, you know, first I need to enter the corporate sector get a sense check as to how things are happening at the corporate level because you know when you're in school in college you are not that mature professionally as well so it's very important i actually personally thought it's very important to get a sense check of how the world is operating around you you know how things are done and accordingly and then slowly and slowly move to the entrepreneurship venture side uh definitely had many ideas you know every now and then you know probably sitting with my mom or talking to my friends you know there would be ideas which would pop up in my mind and i would share it with with them uh you know carry out you know if the idea is convincing carry out you know i used to carry out whether you know detailed secondary research on those ideas and if i really found those ideas to be viable then i used to conduct primary research initiatives or say you know small exercises to understand at my own individual level whether this is actually going to work or not 
right because uh, i personally believe it's very important to you know understand the market and check the viability of an idea through the market and the customers involved in that market rather than just you know having some idea in your head and saying ki yeah, this will definitely work but actually you know if you don't do that research that market research is very important if you don't do that then ultimately you end up failing on that idea the chances of failure is very high in that case um, but not it's not 100% failure but uh, yeah chances of failure is very high so yeah i do i i, I used to definitely come up with you know random ideas uh this is something sports uno is something which i executed and executed you know uh you know by investing both my time and money into it along with my co-founder is because we really found it to be promising we did our research got great results out of it we developed a beta phase product again got great results out of it so yeah so we expanded well warren i think we're almost out of time but before we leave you we wanted to invite you to play our rapid fire section uh we purposely didn't didn't tell you that that we have this at the end of the show just to, just to get your honest reactions to the questions we're about to pose so um so let me just start it off um the first question is what does a regular day in varun the entrepreneur's life look like there are no time slots uh you know everything is uh, you know there are obviously planned uh things that you have in place but there are uh, many more impulsive decisions also which have to be taken then and there depending on the need of the hour. So yeah, so it's it. I would say it's a mix of both impulsive and planned decisions. So the second question is: When you think of the word successful, who is the first person that comes to your mind, and why? Success, you know, you have many icons out there. You have Jack Ma, you have Elon Musk, you have Zuckerberg. So you know, and obviously, all these people are the you know the the icons within the startup industry, or say within the you know uh, on the sitting on top of the pyramid in terms of you know idols whom you would. say follow but yeah jack ma is one person whom i regularly listen to and uh, you know uh, follow you know his advices in terms of how to approach whatever situation and how to where is he where is he where is he where is he gone so no idea on that i'm really waiting for his next public uh, obviously he's back i believe he's back with his public appearance or say he just interviewed somewhere so got some vote off on that i'm really happy that he's still there <laughs> so uh let's see uh, I'm waiting for his next podcast or next interview online yeah the third question is in your opinion what differentiates a good entrepreneur from a quote unquote bad one i would not say there are any good or bad entrepreneurs you know we only have entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs are are, are people who would typically you know any person who is putting his uh his time and effort and you know with with full diligence with with full conviction is somebody who is an entrepreneur right a person uh, who is not putting in his, um, his his time his effort or his conviction towards a particular venture that he started i don't think he's an entrepreneur in the first place he is just a person who's just passing his time or say just uh, you know created a venture just for the sake of it that you know just to say boast in uh, within a social circle but an entrepreneur will always be a person who is a person who is putting in his best to make something work Right. And next question, uh Varun, what is the biggest mistake you think you've made so far with Sports Uno? Um biggest mistake. Okay. So it could be like the are, biggest yeah. No. No, no, actually there are many mistakes that we have made in Sports Uno. And uh, I I would say many many mistakes. Uh the 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 bright side of these mistakes is that you know because we are making these mistakes we are actually learning. from these mistakes and we are growing yeah. the day we stop making mm-hmm. these we stop making these mistakes we made be smaller or big 
we would stop learning and we would really you know stop uh, means that day would be the day when i would actually say okay now there is no scope of growing this business or there is no scope of you know uh, taking this venture to to the next level because then i know my team is not working i know that my team is not putting in their best efforts and that is where you know we are we're not learning anything so it's very important to make mistakes and uh, i we have made multiple mistakes so in terms of our customer reach initially or our marketing strategies or our go to market uh, strategies or whatever so we have made mistakes yeah. every now and then so i don't i i it will be very difficult to actually pinpoint one particular mistake but yeah we made a lot of them uh, and we have learned a lot from them as well and that's all to completely the agree side. yeah yeah, I completely agree. I think I, there's no better way to learn than to make mistakes. Yeah, so yeah. completely agree with that one. Okay, so next question. Uh, what I know you briefly touched upon this, but what is the most important thing about entrepreneurship or about starting a business or running a business that you weren't taught in college? Well, uh, one of the most important things is, uh, you know, about entrepreneurship is, I would say, teamwork. Uh, teamwork is something that, you know, uh, will help you grow your organization will help you you know uh, you know take your team to the next level when i say teamwork i'm not talking about executing projects but it's more about you know leading from the front uh, from the front having or say ensuring that your team is enjoying at the end of the day uh, you know while you're working in an entrepreneurial venture uh, we need to understand that while this is our baby you know we have founded the, this organization it's very important to have your team also happy you know and have them motivated because they are the guys who are actually you know working with you day in day out if if i'm putting in 15 hours a day or 18 hours a day these guys are also sitting with me putting in 15 or 18 hours a day or say probably compatibly lesser but yeah they're also putting in a lot of effort so it's very important to to take your team along with you in the long run and uh, you know and ensure that even they benefit uh, not only financially but also in terms of their overall development as a corporate person their overall development as an individual their overall you know development uh, at a you know hierarchical level so all those aspects have to be taken in place and you have to be a, a you know a person who takes his team along with you so that is one thing uh, with an entrepreneurship that i really feel uh, is very very important and that was something that you know even though you know we were taught a lot of things uh, regarding entrepreneurship in college but yeah this is something which was quite st- stood out for me with that varun i think uh, we can we can sign off i just want to thank you again for for uh, doing this and helping us out with this you know this is uh, i i know you're you're under the weather a bit as well so uh, thank you again for making the time and i'm so happy and so uh, i'm so honored that you know we could make this work no no absolutely it's completely my pleasure uh, loved having this this discussion with you guys definitely brushes up a uh, lot many things lot many thoughts uh, as an individual as well so yeah it's, it's it's wonderful being with you and talking to you about this okay awesome thank you uh, thank you everyone uh, and we'll see you guys in the next one